COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Bees Knees podcast. This is your host, PJ Ewing. I loved riding my motorcycle. I did it for many years when I had moved to Chicago early in my career, right after college. And it was an obsession. I, I was on that motorcycle morning, noon, and night, whenever I could, all night. When it was raining, I'd ride under the streets of Chicago and the lower Wacker Road. And just out of my mind riding a motorcycle. I, I, I love the motorcycle as much as anything in this world. I never crashed. I never went down. I never had a problem. I eventually, I guess, got serious about life and left the motorcycle in my history, sadly, truly sadly. But boy, uh, some of my favorite moments of life were motoring around northern Michigan on my Yamaha Virago 700 bike. Well, motorcycling was also something that Sue, our guest today, and her boyfriend at the time, now husband, would do way back when. And it turned into an accident, which sort of, in quotes, messed up her leg, end quote. And 45 years later, we ended up with a knee surgery, a knee replacement, and a recovery. Mary Elliott interviews Sue McDonald in this interview that you're about to hear. It's a good story. It tells the tale of a recovery uh, that went well and really how Sue dealt with uh, increasing pain and difficulty because of that accident when she was 17 and uh, now how things are afterwards. So let's listen to Mary and Sue talk about knee replacement recovery. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi there, this is Mary Elliott from X10 Therapy. I'm going to be talking to you uh, with Sue, who just had knee surgery, and she's going to tell us about quite the journey she has had with this particular leg, and she's going to share her wisdom. Hi, Sue. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Hi, Barry. I am a wife and a mom, and I've recently retired because of the surgeries that I've had with my legs. This journey started for me back when I was 17, and I was in a motorcycle accident with my boyfriend, who's now been my husband of 44 years. Messed up my leg pretty bad, but didn't have surgery, just went on with life for 45 years until that accident caught up with me. And then I needed to do something about my achy legs. And that's how I ended up finding the X10. Did your world start getting smaller? And if it did, when did that happen? What I mean by that is, you know, did you stop doing things that you wanted to do physically? Yeah, I was super active and, until the past decade. And then at the beginning of in 2010, I ended up having to have open heart surgery to uh, replace um, a leaky heart valve, and I had an aortal aneurysm. So I had that done, and that at that time I felt, you know, you have major heart surgery, of course that's going to limit your world a little bit, but I was still walking pretty good by then, and 
fast forward to about the middle of 2015, started having some pain in the ankle and the knee, but then I had another open heart surgery in 2016. This was a really tough surgery. The valve that I'd gotten six years earlier failed, and I had to have surgery at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit because TAVR was still pretty new, and that's where they put the um, heart valve in through your groin, and they don't have to do open heart. Well, I wasn't a candidate for that with my first heart surgery, so I had a second heart surgery, and that lasted a very long time. I didn't come out of the anesthesia for days and um, had seizures. It was pretty tough, and I, I think that I'm here for a reason. I went through these heart surgeries for a reason, and I did feel much more limited after the second one, and then I was not walking well either. So my world got pretty small. I stopped driving. I had to use a cane after a while, and yeah, the world got smaller and smaller until last year I decided to do something about it. My goodness, Sue, you you don't ever, ever sound down or uh, broken or beaten. The exact opposite, actually. So I have got to tell you, <laughs> you've got a great mindset and attitude, and it shows, just so you know. So what was the final straw? What made you decide, okay, that's it, I've had enough? When I had to start using a cane to walk, because my right knee, which is the knee that on my broken leg, it got so painful that I had to have some sort of assistive device. So I started using a cane um, in May of 2018, and I used a cane until I had my knee replaced last November. And the reason I didn't get it replaced sooner is my daughter, my oldest daughter, got married last August in California, and I didn't want to risk having the surgery prior to that because if something went wrong, I wouldn't be able to fly to California. So I got steroid injections in the knees right before the wedding in August, and that put me uh, as a candidate for surgery in November. Okay, so tell me how that went. I was really lucky to be able to find both Dr. Cochran for my knees, Dr. Swords for the my tib and fibia and the ankle problems. My husband had knee replacement surgery 10 years ago, and he saw Dr. Slotchuk. So when I started having problems in you know, around 2015, I saw him and did the steroid shots and the different injections, and that kind of helped pretty well. But after the second heart surgery, I was no longer able to take NSAID pain relievers, and I could only take Tylenol. So that made it more difficult, and the pain got worse and worse. But it was once I had the cane, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Dr. Slotchuk was no longer practicing, so I saw Dr. Heisey, who was in practice with him, and she was no longer doing knees, so she referred me to both Dr. Cochran and Swords, and I just have to think that that was God's plan because they are both wonderful surgeons, and I was very happy to have them both, and I'm continuing to work with both of them as we're you know, finishing up this journey to get to me to walking without an assistive device. Well, I tell you what, if there's one thing that I've learned uh, taking care of patients and watching them recover and going through this process, there's two things that are really important. One, to have a phenomenal surgeon, right? You need that. Mm-hmm. Someone you can trust, right, who who knows, is very thorough, who's got a lot of wisdom uh, to take care of your knee and leg, right? And then also, great recovery plan, right? Because you need that. If you don't have that to follow up what he just did for you, you're going to have a problem, right? Which knee are we talking about right now? I have the right knee done first, and that one I had traditional outpatient rehab, which I was happy with. I didn't know anything about knee replacement surgery, and it was kind of a difficult time in my life. I was, I just lost my dad, and I hadn't planned on retiring yet, but 
my world just changed so much that I reevaluated everything, decided to retire, and I just needed to get out of the house and do that rehab. It was important for me at the time. And I don't really think I was a candidate for X10 because of the damage on my lower leg. And you do use your entire leg on the X10. So I, Dr. Cochran knew that, and I had the traditional rehab. But it took longer. It took a lot longer than than with the X10, and I was surprised at how quickly it went when I got the left knee done beginning of March of this year. All right. Well, why don't we elaborate on that a little bit so everyone knows. So you've had the the great experience of having one knee done, rehabbing one way, and then the other knee done in another way. Did you have prehab with the first knee? Did you? No. No? No, no prehab at all. It was just I worked up until the day of the surgery, had the surgery, and then... It was the week before Thanksgiving. I do recommend if you're having surgery, if you're going to do your knees and you don't want to do dinners, have it before mm-hmm. the holiday that you don't want to cook for. <laughs> That's sure. just my little tip. Smart. <laughs> smart. I like yeah. that. Sue, that's very smart. Okay, that's Use fantastic. Use it for your advantage. Yeah. <laughs> I love Milk it. it. for all you can. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's fantastic. So I take it you had a lovely Thanksgiving that year, right? Being served and taken yeah. care of, I hope, right? Okay. Good, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. So you had the first knee surgery, went well, no complications. When and why did you decide then to have the other knee? Yeah, after I got my there? first first knee done, I needed to go back in after that was healed enough to um, have Dr. Swords re-break my tibia and fibula because they were not, they were malaligned, they weren't straight. He had to break them and uh, put in a plate and a rod and some screws and, and ended up fusing the ankle because I didn't really have full range of motion in the ankle after the accident when I was 17. Um, so I had that surgery done the end of February. So I've been using a walker since I had the first knee. And I will continue to use that walker until this leg is healed. It's going to take a long time. The tibia is the hardest bone to heal in an adult. So it was painful, and it is still painful. But it gets better every day. And for a while there, my left knee was more painful than my right leg. So that was kind of a nice change. Um, When I had my knee replacement surgery, I had another pain to focus on for a little bit. And I tried to make light of it. Okay, so you had the first knee done, which was right or left. So I want to make sure everyone's right. following. It was the right one, which was, was the right damage one. in the accident, yeah. Okay, all right, so you had that knee done first, and then you had surgery after that knee surgery on which knee? The one that was damaged? On the right leg. On the right leg, okay. to break the tibid fib and realign it. And during this time, my left knee started to hurt more and more because it was doing a lot of the work that the right leg couldn't do when I went back for my one-month checkup with Dr. Cochran about the right knee. I said, can we do the left knee too? And he said, yeah, absolutely, we'll do that. And again, I waited until um, August of this year to do that. You have the left knee done, and your right leg still isn't quite healed, right? You're still using the cane. Using a walker. It's only a 130. I had a CT scan because I broke some screws just before I had the my left knee replacement surgery and I had to meet with the surgeon, had a CT scan and the bone is one third healed after five months. So I got a ways to go yet, but it was enough of a healing that I was able to go ahead and proceed with the left knee replacement. Okay. Did you have prehab with the left knee? I did. The machine came two or three weeks ahead of time and Marty was great when he installed it and showed me how to use it, the overview. And then I, talked to my coach John the following day and 
finished up the rest of the training, and then I started right in on it um, three times a day to do the range of motion, and then every other day the strengthening exercises. I liked that it was in my home, and I could do it at my own, you know, whenever I wanted to. That was really great because I didn't have to go anywhere, and it felt good to be doing something ahead of the surgery. Having already gone through one knee surgery and not having any of that, I knew it was important because I needed that strength. This leg is doing a lot to help the other leg heal, so... We need to get it done, and we need to get it done quickly. Anything we can do to help that is a plus in my mind, and the prehab really, I was impressed with that. You were. What impressed you about it? That somebody thought about that you can do this conditioning ahead of time. I sort of thought about that when I had the first knee done, but I was still working, and, you know, it was just one of those things in passing. I wonder if there's something I should be doing to get ready for the surgery, but I didn't know, and I didn't really have time to do research on it. But after having one, I knew that I needed to have that extra help to be successful and to get the healing done as quickly as possible. Okay. How would you describe um, your mental state of mind or your emotional state throughout the prehab? Did that help you move into having the surgery? Did it put you in a better place? Yeah, it's got a lot of trepidation. Am I ready for another surgery? This was the third surgery in seven months or so. Can I handle that? You know, I've had two open-heart surgeries. This is something that, you know, my cardiologist cleared me for all of these surgeries, but that's an awful lot to go through, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore. You know, I'm a woman in my 60s, and, um, yeah, it was a lot to go through. And having the X10 ahead of time, it kind of got me a little bit excited to get this rest of the journey, you know, the last surgery out of the way. Yeah, it was exciting. I was like, let's do this. Let's get in it. Help me get emotionally and mentally prepared to do it. My husband, not so much. I should have put him on the X-10. Maybe he would have gotten there sooner. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That helps knowing where you're at. You're prehabilitating on the X-10. You're feeling confident and excited. So now you're, you're going into surgery. And what are your expectations for your recovery? I was expecting things to take probably as long maybe shorter than the first time around with the actual physical therapy, but I didn't think it would be remarkably shorter. I figured I would be in for a good couple of months um, of hard work and pain. And I was really surprised that how quickly I progressed. It was exciting to see the numbers as you're writing them down every day um, and comparing them with what you did before the surgery. It it was just um, amazing to me that I would improve that much that quickly. I looked over your result. I found in six days post-surgery, you were already, as far as your range of motion, zero with extension and 110 degrees for your flexion. I thought that was pretty remarkable considering everything you've been through. And then 20 days post, so just shy of, of three weeks by a day, you hit the zero and 130. Could not believe it. And it didn't, it didn't hurt to do it. Yes, there's some discomfort, but you're in control. You can push it as much as you want to, and you can back it off if it's too much. And having that control was amazing to me. You just, I think that helps because you're in control, and if it's too painful, you can back off. No one else is telling you you have to do this or push, 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 um, which gets kind of annoying when you're not feeling up to it. How painful was this recovery compared to the other one? It doesn't seem like the pain was as bad the second time around. At at first, yes, it does hurt. That first week, is there's no getting around it. But it went away faster than it did the first time. And and now, I mean, I I don't even remember that I have a new knee. 
that's how quickly I've adapted to this. And it's only been, what, six weeks. I didn't feel that way about my first knee. All right. And what about functionally? Did you notice you being able to do more with one or the other leg, you know, at, at a certain time frame that really surprised you? Well, I had to put weight on it pretty darn quick because it's, you know, doing a lot of work for the other the other leg. And I was surprised at how it wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be putting all that weight on there. I think because of the flexion and the, the contractions, because I was doing all that movement that you wouldn't normally do if you're going to the rehab every other day for an hour, you're not getting the same quality and quantity mm-hmm. of time. And the quantity really makes a, a difference, I think, with the X10 because you do it more. All right. So you're saying you spent more time actually doing ther- therapeutic work on your leg with the X10 than you did going to physical therapy with the other leg, right? Right. Am I understanding that right? Well, it would have been difficult to, I mean, it is difficult to get out because I have to use a walker and, you know, I've got a couple steps I have to go down and getting in the car and all of that. It's just, it's a lot of, it's like going somewhere with a baby. You have a lot of things you have to do to get somewhere um, when you have mobility issues. And so I needed that leg and I, I needed to be able to not have to go somewhere all the time that's just too exhausting when you're first after having a surgery that takes a lot out of you and to have to go someplace that's that would have been too much especially with my other leg being so you know compromised you really used the machine you followed Mm -hmm. our protocol um you you did the work you put you do you definitely put put the work into it you are listening to the bee's knees podcast sometimes a knee surgery recovery requires more than the conventional it calls upon the heroic. When I would go into rehab feeling like a million bucks, and people would stop me and go, what knee did you have done? And I said, I had both done. Getting there. Epic tales of knee surgery, recovery, and courage. A new book by PJ Ewing. Visit gettingtherebooks.com to learn more. I noticed, too, um, and I don't know if you, if, if your X10 coach shared this with you or not, but you know, t- a typical patient at 30 days post-surgery has a 50% quad deficit, all right, in their leg that they had surgery on. But you, when I calculated your numbers, you um, actually exceeded your quad strength. Not only did you get 100% of it back, but you also gained 14%. So you, you had 114% <laughs> quad strength from, from the, well, and I thought, wow, that's been phenomenal. So did you notice that? Did you notice that, wow, I am really stronger? I mean, how did that feel? Yeah, that, see, just like getting in and out of the tub for a shower. You know, I've got a grab bar that I hold on to, but it's, it's difficult getting those legs over the side of the tub. But I noticed, I mean, I was taking a shower without a shower chair by two weeks. And I, I did not do that with the first knee by any means. So definitely it felt stronger, faster, and the pain was gone. Um, after a couple of weeks, I could really push the X10, and it was, I felt good doing it. It felt good. My muscles felt good. Having, I never am an exerciser. I don't do any kind of weight training, but it's got me interested in exploring that because I enjoy, I mean, I've always done the cardio, which is not fun, but I think because of the experience I had with the X10, I'm interested in doing more strength training because of the benefits that I saw from the X10. (laughs) How exciting is that? You know, our body craves to be moved. It knows what its purpose is and it wants to move. And, you know, I was ill myself for a long time, many years, and, you know, I've been fine and healthy and, and, 
vibrant and moving around for a long time, but I still remember that feeling, right? When you're yeah. weak, right, it's devastating, and it consumes your whole life because it affects everything you do, emotionally, yeah. physically, right? And then when you go from that state to being recovered and have your vibrancy back and your energy and your health and your strength. Wow, do you appreciate that? And it opens up whole, whole new pathways that you never even thought you'd be interested in, right? Isn't that so exactly. true? Exactly. <laughs> it is so true. And it's, it's a blessing. Through all the, the trials that we go through in life, there is a, a silver lining to the cloud if you look for it. Tell me what you think your silver, silver lining has been uh, with this experience with your leg. Well, one of them was to meet you and to meet Marty and John, my coach. Um, oh, you are great so sweet. people. <laughs> uh, and John would call and he would say, I wish I had more patience like you, but I don't have to do anything with you. You're, all, you're doing everything. You, I feel like I'm not doing my job because you're doing everything. And I, and I told him, because this is my fourth rehab, I had two cardiac rehabs. I had the outpatient rehab for the first knee and the X10 for the second. I know from past experience that you have to put the time and the effort into it to get the results that you want. There are no shortcuts in rehab. You have to do the work. But the X10 makes it easier to do the work because it's right there in your home, and it's actually kind of fun to do. Like I said, I've enjoyed the strength training, and I think that will be something that I'm going to explore. Um, you know, I actually have a, a great book uh, that I read that I think would interest you. It's called The Slow Burn, and it's written by – who is it written by? I think it's Frederick Hahn, H-A-H-N. And just like you, because I suffered and my muscles were very atrophied and mm-hmm. and I couldn't move the way I needed or wanted to. And so I have quite quite a huge passion for <laughs> health and staying vibrant. And, you know, you, once you encounter something like that, like we just both said, boy, it sure makes you feel alive to move again. It just feels so good. <laughs> but uh, I, check out I that book. Telling, it's a great book. Yes, I will. I will. And I, I feel that... I'm not going to take walking for granted again. Although I did say that when I was 17 and in that cast for nine, seven months, I said I'll never take walking for granted again, but I did. <laughs> but wow. now I have a new appreciation for walking, and I'm not going to take it for granted. My goal and my husband's goal is we will, now that we're retired, we want to buy a camping trailer and explore the United States. Oh, well, camping fun. trailers have stairs to get in them, and I need to have good knees to be able to step up into this thing, in and out and in and out. I can't do that right now, but that's my goal. And as soon as I'm able to do that, we're going to buy the trailer and take off. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. You know, that's one of my dreams, too. I love anything that has to do with nature. And you're right. Those trailers, um, those steps are narrow. And mm-hmm. then to to walk around in nature, that's uneven terrain. That's exactly. up down. You know, you 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 really need strength and solid foundations. You know, as far as your legs go. And boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, now that you you have two right, two good legs, right? Well, that's what we're working towards because I know you're gonna keep yeah. strengthening and taking care of yourself, right? Because it isn't over, to right. You know, everyone out there, just know, even once you you do your therapeutic work, you know, it's not over. You know, you want to stay active. You know, my rheumatologist told me, Mary, I want you to be an athlete the rest of your life. That's just the way it's going to go. And you know what? <laughs> and you know what? That that doesn't sound like a hardship for me. That sounds like, yeah, ex- exactly. I'm going to keep moving because I love feeling my body move and feeling it 
strength and, and, and how powerful it is. That yeah. feels good, doesn't it? It feels it's very nice invigorating. To get back to that, yes. It's, it's been a long time. Like I said, it's been 10 years since I've really felt good, yeah. starting with the heart surgeries and ending up with the, with the legs. And I'm going to go into the next decade, um, and it's going to be an awesome decade because I'm really going to get out there and enjoy life now because I'm able to do that. Oh, wow. I am so incredibly happy for you, Sue. <laughs> that you. sounds beautiful. So, all right. So we're going to be camping. And don't, don't you have another beautiful thing coming up, too, that you had mentioned that, that you're looking forward to now that these, the, the surgery is over with? We have a trip planned for a fall color tour. We're going down to the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, and we're staying in some Airbnbs down there and um, hope to see the fall colors and hope to do some. I, I sent you a picture of uh, a trip that we took in June down into Kentucky at the Red River Gorge, and they didn't have a lot of handicap-accessible trails, but I did get on a, a trail with my walker and walked for a little bit, and I try to do that when I can to enjoy the summer because I pretty much have been stuck in the house for the summer, but we try to get out and get into nature because it is so important and so healing. Well, you have got such strength within you, and you're using it in all the right ways as far as I'm concerned, Sue. Honestly, you, you have to be such a, an inspiration to all your friends and family. Honestly, you're doing phenomenal, especially after well, everything you. you've been through. Wow, right? Wow, how beautiful. Well, let me ask you this, because I want to make sure I gave your voice you know, space to say what it wanted to say. Is there anything else you want to tell people out there that you haven't shared? One thing I would say is don't put it off. Don't walk around in pain with your knees. I know a lot of people are afraid to get the surgery. I have a really dear friend that is, um, has seen friends get it, and she's just not um, thinking that that's something she wants to go through. But it's so much better after you get those knees replaced. It really is worth it. And don't walk around in pain. Get it done. Don't waste time. Get it done. You have to have good support system. My husband has been everything to me and and he's gone through a lot to take care of me and um you have to have good people to help you and don't be afraid to ask for help when you ask for help that is a sign of a healthy well-being and self-respect you have for yourself right because that's why there's more than one person on this earth right we're supposed to help each other right we're supposed to share right that's what we're here for, right? Just share love, to share joy, laughter, all those Absolutely. good things, right? Because it's not fun doing all that by yourself. <laughs> and then no. when you're suffering, oh, God, does it give you courage when somebody you love and who's important to you, right, stands by your side and you know that they're sharing their love and compassion and heart with you, right? How empowering is that, right? It when is. you're even at your really darkest is. moments, yep. Well, oh, my goodness, Sue. Honestly, what a pleasure, pleasure to have this beautiful conversation with you. And honestly, you, you just Mary. keep soaring. I swear. <laughs> I am honestly so, oh, God, you inspired me. So thank you for that because I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, bless you. That's, that's just nice to hear because this has been a very long journey, and it's nice to know that, hey, this might help somebody else. I, that gives me hope, too. We'd like to thank a few friends of the Bees Knees podcast, including the Knee Pain Guru. Natural solutions for chronic knee pain without drugs, shots, surgery, or painful physical therapy. For more info, visit thekneepainguru.com. We're also brought to you by X10 Therapy. And special thanks to Dr. Justin Trosclair at the podcast, A Doctor's Perspective Podcast. If you plan to go to China for business or pleasure, the main thing that you have to master is the dinner culture. 
Things like the lazy Susan, should you drink, how to use chopsticks, where am I supposed to sit, gaining and losing face. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, and after five years of working in China, I took all my knowledge and wrote a book about it. You can find it at a doctorsperspective.net slash China book and on Amazon. And while you're at it, take a listen to the podcast, a doctorsperspective.net, where I interview doctors of all specialties, talk about successes, marketing, struggles, and all those types of topics you don't normally hear. The Knee Store. If you're having a knee done, you just may want to share that news with the world. If so, we've got a mug, t-shirt, or awesome tote for that. Visit the Knee Store on CafePress.com. Shop for the perfect item that reflects your feelings about getting back to a full life after a successful knee replacement surgery. Visit CafePress.com forward slash the Knee Store. Great prices, fun, and unique stuff. The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.